This episode of Noise of the Broke Boys is brought to you by Free Time. Are there moments in your life? Has there ever been a time? No, those are not questions I forgot to finish. They are legit inquisitions I have for all my listeners. Free time is something that is often overlooked in our lives. But the sum of all our short moments in life happen to add up to many wasted hours per day. In that time, consider how many bread-making cookbooks you could have read. Or how many shake weights you could have, well, shook. Next time you have a spare second, consider using it in a more slash less constructive way by turning on the Noise of the Broke Boys podcast and dropping us a like. Thanks for your continued support. And now, on to the show. In this episode, the creator of Stance Elements, an online movement arts platform, sits down to discuss the history of its creation. We discuss various topics related to digital media, marketing, videography, hip-hop, and entrepreneurship. I had a great time picking his brain about a side of breaking in social media that I don't know much about. Please enjoy the episode with Mr. Daniel Zhu. Hello, welcome everybody to the slow, subtle collapse of society in podcast form. <laughs> this is Noise of the Broke Boys. I am your host, Kurt the Hurt, and today I have a special guest. His name is Daniel Zhu. He is Mr. Stance, the creator of Stance, the CEO of Stance. I don't know, what is your title? Uh... Grand Wizard Just of Grand Stance. Wizard. <laughs> Just to call me a creator of Stance. He's the creator. Yeah. Uh, uh, which, so Stance is, I consider it like an urban arts like media platform, but what, what, do, you, what, what do you call it? Uh, we call it a uh, movement arts platform. Movement arts platform. Interesting. Okay. Yep. So that basically is saying like, uh, I guess you guys do dance, you guys film tricking you guys do um yeah anything your body in some way can move and then in an artistic format okay whether so it's not just dance it's just it's really movement art yeah <laughs> i, I guess mean, that we, is we, the best name for it we yeah. kind of made it that way because uh we wanted to just you know not back ourselves in a corner with one topic yeah yeah okay yeah. and so the first time i think i saw stance was uh it was on your youtube channel and I don't know if that's where you guys started, but I think that's when I first saw it. And you guys were posting a lot of um, footage from B-Boy battles and stuff. And now you've kind of grown to this social media platform. And then, uh, uh, yeah, and then f filming all these other different events. And now it's like I see, like, literally every large dance event, you guys are there. And it's like, I don't watch footage too often. But when I do, I immediately go to YouTube, type in stance, and then look at that look <laughs> at what you guys have so i would say that you know seems to me like you probably have the biggest or at least the most successful media platform in this space which uh i'm curious like how that makes you feel like what <laughs> and the journey to get there it just seems so crazy it's uh it's a lot of momentum yeah it's uh that i can, that's that i can say it's um you know you start something small and now it's just you have a lot of momentum and then you know, it feels weird. Like you go a couple of days without posting anything. People are like, so mm. 
what's going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so you just kind of ride that and keep going and going. And yeah, going yeah, and yeah. Then, and, you know, and then eventually you get to where you are, where I think now you're, is it your Facebook? Like, I don't know. But I think between all your platforms, you've got like over a million kind of subscribers or whatever. Yeah, a couple million. Was, yeah. Yeah, a couple million. Wow, that's great. So, I mean, that's that's crazy to think that that came from breaking and now it's to where you are now. It's just crazy because, you know, when I started breaking, uh, this was like psh, events were barely a thing. You won an event and they were like, here's a some gas money and stuff and like <laughs> it was the ghettoest shit ever and so uh to see it now to where you guys there's a legitimate media company out there that is traveling the world filming all these huge events there's sponsors involved with the events and stuff it's just crazy to see that in my lifetime i was able to see that i mean it's really a short time in a way i mean i've been breaking less than 20 years probably i think probably 18 19 years so to see it happen within that span, it's like crazy. Mm -hmm. It feels like we were in the Stone Age compared to to now, um, and so like uh, I don't know. It's just when I when I look at stance, it's like it makes me proud as a b boy to see that we've gone so far to 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 you know be like a legitimate. Um, I don't know what you would call us, but <laughs> but more than just some people rolling around on the floor. A legitimate you know? movement. It's a legitimate movement, yeah. I mean, at least it's being recognized as that now. Yeah. Uh, we, I think all of us always considered it a legitimate form, but, you know, your parents are like, what the hell are you guys doing rolling on the floor and shit? Yeah, yeah. That's our biggest, uh, I, think every, I think every time we create something major or stance or something like that, we always think about. Uh, people like our parents, people that don't understand the dance, and we're like, okay, how can we reach these kind of people? Yeah, because yeah. there's more of these those kind of people than there are dancers. Right? Oh yeah, yeah. And so we're like, okay, we the more non dance people or non people associated with the scene that get addicted to this, mm. you know, the more momentum we get. Yeah, yeah, and and I do think that that is gonna play a huge part in the the later success of this culture. Um, as more people get involved with it, see it, fall in love with it, mm -hmm. and continue to follow it, and hopefully participate in it. Um, not that they have to, but uh, I think you'll, see, you know, right now the participation rate is from mostly dancers, but I think we're going to start seeing participation from the uh, like viewers now, you know, mm -hmm. uh, like uh, legitimate fans and stuff. Like I, I kind of compare it to like skateboarding or something, you know, um, where, you know, you'll watch it on TV as on like the X games and you're like, dude, this stuff is crazy. You know? Skateboarding, MMA, MMA. Yeah, exactly. You know, anything like there's a big boxing fight this weekend. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean, everyone online is talking about, but who the hell really boxes? Uh -huh. Yeah. As yeah. Much, you know, but they're all fans. Yeah. Yeah. I so. mean, it's like, yeah, a lot of the fans, they'll, they'll take a boxing class or whatever, but they're not like some freaking hardcore in the exactly. gym boxing everybody, but it's but like... they're talking about in it. In a way, it's, yeah, it's like it's a casual fan, and casual not in the sense of uh, that they don't know what's going on in the sport, but casual in the sense that they're not in the ring <laughs> punching each other and shit. Yeah. So, um, I think we're going to see a lot more of that in breaking, and I do think that you guys are kind of a hinge point of making that happen, mm -hmm. and... I know that there's a few other creators out there that are also doing a similar thing to you guys, but I see you guys as probably the biggest and also the catalyst to 
I guess making what they're doing happen as well. Mm -hmm. Um, it's like, I really see you guys as the ones that paved the way to make it happen. Um, I don't know if you feel that way, but, uh, I mean, I'm a little, uh, I, I came from, uh, I came from the other channel too, Strife. That's right. And that literally did pave the way. That's right. Yeah. (laughs) Strife. Um, yeah, I guess they, yeah, but you were involved with that. Right. And I guess like once, once Strife kind of whenever went wherever it went, you kind of took it to the next level and continued to, to, to push it to where it is now. So, um, I don't know. It's just, it's just cool to see that now. Mm -hmm. Um, changing topics, uh, I'm curious how you actually got involved in the hip hop scene, the <laughs> dancing, because I know you're from South Dakota, which yes, like all I can think of from there is like oil fields and like snow. Is that right? <laughs> like I don't see <laughs> hip hop as something being a no. farms, farms. Yeah, there's yeah, pretty much. There wasn't really much hip hop at all. Yeah. Okay. Um, <coughs> but. I got I got into the scene because of college. Okay. Yeah. And you went to college out there, or no? I went to college in uh, University of Wisconsin. Okay. Uh, there's probably not a lot of b boys there either. Actually, I have a friend um, who's going to school in Wisconsin now. He's in med school, and he says there's not a lot of b boys. So, um, <coughs> imagine there's probably more than South Dakota. There's a lot more than South Dakota. Okay. I mean, Wisconsin. You got the benefit of you got the Milwaukee scene. Yeah, that's right. You got the Chicago scene. Okay. Um, they're all within an hour or two drive away. Oh, okay. So, you know, when I started, I um good friends with like motion disorders. Yeah, yeah, okay. You know, brickheads. Brickheads. Who you else know, was out there? Uh Chicago Tribe. Chicago Tribe, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So but uh no, college was, you know, you, you see you hear about these like breaking clubs that they have in college mm-hmm. and that's how I started. You know? That's tight. Yeah, no, I have a lot of friends that did the same thing. I mean, when I went to UC Davis, I, I was already breaking before then, but like once I got there, um, one of my friends, he started, he used to do the Warriors games with me, actually. Um, he started a club, um, and I was kind of just a bum, and I was like, eh, I don't want to really be a part of it. I mean, I wanted to be a part of yeah. it, but I was like, kind of like, eh, how about you do the work? <laughs> and I was just <laughs> like, come and break. Um, but he built it, he built the club up and he did a lot of stuff with it and like introduced so many people to the dance. And I look back and I'm like, oh man, I wish I could have been more involved with that now and not been so, I guess, uh, selfish because <laughs> back then I was just like, oh, I don't care about this. I just want to break. Yeah. Um, but seeing, seeing now that there's a lot of guys that started then and kept going, um, I think is really cool. And, and, and that, uh. I'm seeing that happen more often now is like when people are going to universities, they're like being introduced to a lot of new things and and hip hop is one of them. In fact, um, now hip hop is kind of being taught in some universities as like a subject. Yeah. Like a curriculum. Yeah. There's a curriculum. I I know a couple people that do that. Um, I mean, even here in LA, you got, I think UCLA and UC Riverside, Ken Swift is a, He's teaching a class? He, he teaches. Okay, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, wow. Yeah, the, I know my friend Serge from Beats and Pieces, he teaches out in um, in the Bay Area, a couple schools, I think. Um, and then there's another guy who's, I think, in Chicago area who does it. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it's starting to get a lot bigger. I think Why Not does it, too. Yeah, Polsky. Polsky, okay. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it's 
yeah, it just blows my mind to think about like that. Like those guys were the like ones, you know, 20 years ago rolling on the ground and yeah. they were like, oh yeah, that's cool. But you know, uh, it's just rolling on the ground, but now it's like some stuff getting taught in university. So it's, I don't know. It's just cool. It's cool to see that, that mm-hmm. change. Um, we're, we're definitely in a time where, um, uh, yeah, I guess hip hip hop culture is being more coming more to the forefront of, uh, uh I don't know, community pop culture, I guess is the best way to say it. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, before it was such an underground movement and now it's, now it's a university course. <laughs> <laughs> I w- if that was offered nowadays and I was still in school, I would totally take it. Yeah, I probably would yeah. too. Uh, just because it's fun to hear the the different um, viewpoints on this culture because, you know, like I grew up in, in Sacramento, you know, I know, you know, somewhat history mm-hmm. of everything, but I know it from the point of view in Sacramento. So going to a university learning it from maybe someone who's from New York or whatever, and you know, in Ken Swift's case, uh, hearing where he's coming from, it's like hearing all these perspectives. It gives you a better understanding of like what, what this culture really is. Yeah. And I, th- I think definitely people who only know hip hop music um, coming into a class like that would gain so much stuff because most of my friends that only know hip hop through music, they don't know anything about like how how breaking really helped create that music mm-hmm. in a way, and and I guess they don't maybe understand how direct that that was, you know, in terms of like the only reason a break really exists is because a DJ was like, oh, I want to see that dancer go off. Let yeah. me let me replay this part of the song, and then oh, let me rap to it. Okay, oh now that's hip hop music. Oh, dope. <laughs> so like. That direct connection, I don't think a lot of people understand that. And so I'm happy to see that now there's that's becoming more of the forefront of the, the hip hop culture. Mm-hmm. And so hopefully, hopefully casual m- music listeners start, you know, understanding that, too. So. Um, uh, but anyways, so uh, some so from South Dakota to Wisconsin and then now to LA were you in any place before uh, between that <laughs> yeah okay so uh I was so in between college and here in LA uh, I've been in a bunch of places actually uh been in Washington DC okay been in West Africa nice uh Peace Corps been in Alaska okay uh been to from Alaska been to um Korea mm-hmm. South Korea that was uh, not then, North Korea. No, nah, you know, you can't <laughs> not allowed in North Korea, but been to South Korea. That was purely on the fact that I just wanted to experience the dance culture there. Okay. I got a job and just like, just went, Oh, that's, you know, that's man. That's, that's crazy to like, <laughs> to just go, Oh man, I'm going to pick up everything. I'm going to move to Korea and like, uh, you know, just for the dance. That's tight. Yeah. 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 And then, and then now here and then to Minnesota and mm-hmm. then now here in LA. So I've been bebopping quite a bit. And so where did Stance fit in with that? Or I guess Strife TV and then Stance, where did that fit in? Like, when did that start for you? Like, where were mm. you? 2008, uh, Strife started. Um, and that was all because of my college friends. Okay. My friends from college uh, at the University of Wisconsin were mm-hmm. like, hey, 
they recognized the need, right? They were like, we there's not an official channel that provides high quality footage. Yeah. Um, we'll do it. Yeah. You know, and they moved here to LA too. Okay. And they they're they're the ones with the film background. And so when I was in oh. Korea at that time, and they're like, Dan, you're in Korea. The Go Korea scene's really big. Can you get a camera and film for us? Oh. And I'm like. So, All right, let me let's do this. <laughs> wow, so you kind of like fell into the film world, right? So like they just said, "Here's a you know, go get a camera." And then, <laughs> okay. like, did you have did before then had you ever thought that you would be doing any kind of filming? No, well, no, uh, sort of. I um, prior to being in Korea, I was in Africa and Alaska, and um, I, I, you know, I had a camera and I kept. I did like blogs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a. I had this thing called a live journal way back then. Okay. Um, and like basically, a Zanga? <laughs> yeah, basically just showing people my life, yeah, you know, okay. in in other countries, and it was fun. So I was thinking, you know what? I'll it's, it's just be like that in video form. Okay. Yeah. I but I, I didn't go to video school or anything. I, yeah, I mean, yeah. my first camera was a flip phone. I, I, had, <laughs> I had one of those like flip cameras in Korea. And that's where all the Korean strife footage was coming from. Are you from. serious? I that's, kid you not. That's funny. Oh, man. <laughs> I remember going to a jam back when, uh, like, cell phones just started having cameras. And they were like, you can't bring that cell phone in here for the footage or whatever. Yeah. But, yeah, no, uh, dude, that's crazy. They're filming. I mean, yeah, that's that's really, like, the beginnings of YouTube. I think all the footage on there was, like, 2008 2009 around that time yeah it was like flip, <laughs> flip yeah yeah that, that's where that's yeah but it was like those big korean events that you never see yeah 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 you know you, you, you had the gamblers you had the jinjos you had the tips you uh-huh. had like old school rivers old school rivers. like everyone wanted to watch that stuff yeah yeah and that yeah that was me <laughs> and so you were the you were the pioneer of Putting <laughs> Korean footage out, I guess. Kind of, yeah. I mean, I guess there's a couple other guys that were doing it, but that's, I guess, in the YouTube era, that was usually you, huh? So, interesting. So then, from Strife, it when did Stance come about? So, ideally, we wanted Strife to go to where Stance was. Okay. But all the rest of my friends just kind of lost interest in filming. Oh, uh, okay. They, yeah, they, um, they either moved or they, they're just didn't find interest in breaking or, you know, they had other interests, yeah, you, know, yeah. how, you know, and so I was the only one. And, uh, so that's when I created stance mainly because, you know, if, you know, just for business purposes, you mm-hmm. wanted to be an actual owner. I wasn't an actual owner of strife. I just oh. was just helping out at that time. Yeah. So, okay. So you were just, you were an employee of, of strife. And then you, you know, I guess you had the vision to create it to to where you to to where stance is now, and so you said, okay, well, I need to do this if you guys aren't gonna help me do it. Exactly. And then um, built stance up, owner, so and now you have like a couple guys with you, right? It like, sucks starting from scratch again with like zero views and yeah. zero people. It'll come, but though. it came, and uh, you know, you still keep your real life connections. You yeah. still keep your you know your friends with this event organizer, with your friends with all these other b boys, and then. Um, definitely like when we started stance, um, a lot of people that were filmed with me that I recruited to strife mm-hmm. came along. Okay. You know, so that's why we had, um, Matt tech out in the Bay. He yeah, came yeah. along too. Anderson out in LA. You have, mm-hmm. uh, my friends out in the UK. Okay. And then I had other friends in Korea. So we covered a great portion of the world scene. Yeah. Uh, without 
you know, me physically have to travel there. Yeah. So, but you still travel a lot. Though. I still travel quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. But you got you got a good team that's with yeah. We you have a good team. Like, you know, a good understanding. It, yeah, good understanding. Yeah, to keep your this this whole vision um, alive and and running. And so, like, I guess. How do you see it expanding? Do you see it expanding more to like getting more employees going to more countries? Um, I've been always cautious on expanding mainly because it's hard to keep quality control. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you have you need to have the same vision, uh, and then at the same time, you need to have like uh, a certain type of teamwork involved. That's yeah. You know, if, if, if this whole stance thing wasn't fun in the first place, I wouldn't be doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the less, so it has, still has to be fun for us. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, right? And so, yeah, we do, we, we do expand. We were trying to, um, I think, I think at the, at this moment, we're pretty good filming events around the world. Mm -hmm. uh, I think what we are working on next are just quality stories that you might not hear. Mm. Uh, within not only dance but other dancer interests. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, um, as well as other area, other genres that we have a big interest in, such as tricking. Tricking, yeah. Yeah, I think the tricking is the next big, big the, one. The next big thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. Like with all these new countries coming in. I imagine it gets hard to really juggle that. And so, yeah, I, it seems like expanding your company to cover all this stuff is like probably on the forefront of like making stance successful. And I guess, tr yeah, training your team to, you know, keep that same quality. And then I guess like figuring out what works with these new things like tricking and stuff. Cause I imagine the way you film and cover a, a b-boy event is probably not how you cover a tricking event maybe there's some crossover but like there's some i imagine crossover. like you definitely gotta like get involved with the scene to really understand like what's okay what's not and and then like just go full in and then and then understand that i guess it, it maybe it's not such a big task but i'm just imagining me if i was a, a, a videographer which i'm not i'm terrible at this kind of thing but like I would, I would, I guess I would know breaking because I'm a b-boy and yeah. I can like know, okay, I don't want to jump in the <laughs> middle of the circle and like get in this dude's way, but like tricking, I think I would just freaking go to the back of the room because I ain't trying to get kicked. You know what I mean? So it's like, <laughs> but I'm sure that that's not the best way to get footage. So it's like figuring out how, where you got to stand and like, you know, what's not going to mess them up when they're doing their thing. I, f I feel like that's probably uh, core to like what you guys need to do for that. There's a lot of crossover. It's pretty good, um, mainly because, though, you know, when we decided stands to be a movement arts page, it's yeah. mainly, it's because we looked at ourselves and we're like, well, we like dance. What else do you like to do? I like to go to a gymnastics gym and f mess around and jump around. <laughs> okay, let's let's add that in. What else do you like to do? Oh. Uh, this person likes to skateboard. Okay, let's add that in. What else do you like oh, to do? Oh, nice. You know, and we think. And so everyone yeah. has like a different interest where they draw upon different influences. Mm. And likewise, like people, trickers and gymnasts, they like to watch dance too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're like, okay, okay. There's, there's so much crossover between all these different things. I mean, like for one thing, I think like music production and stuff. Yeah. I think it actually 
crosses over with dance a lot more than people think it does. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, like I've, I've started getting into music production a lot. I know, I know tech has too. Um, and it's just like, I think as dancers, we understand music a lot. And so producing music becomes a lot easier than I think, uh, someone who came in cold. Mm-hmm. And I would think that, I would think the crossover between a, a producer coming into dance would probably be the same. I mean, because they obviously understand music to a very high degree. They might not know how to move their body quite the same way, but that's just a matter of training a little bit to huh. figure it out. Just same same thing with a b-boy trying, a dancer trying to learn music production. It's like you got to learn some of the music theory and everything. But like once you understand the tools, it's kind of just like get yourself into like a creative flow state and just let it go. Cause that, that's like how, that's how I've always been. I'm, I, I, I was a painter a long time ago and, um, and that's like how I would always paint is I would just kind of like get into the mode of painting. My mom, my mom is an artist, so she kind of taught me how to do this. And then, um, once I came into dancing, it was like the same kind of thing. Once I learned like a few fundamental moves, it was just like, you get into this creative flow state and it's just like the same thing really but you're just using different tools in a way. So, yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I imagine there's that, that's the same thing with like filmmaking too, like that you kind of, you guys get some kind of cr- creative, you get into some creative groove and then it just turns into like hours and hours and hours of you, like making this really cool project or something. <laughs> that's totally editing. That's basically what I've been doing for the entire week. Editing <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I've edited a few videos in my life and they suck a lot, but it's, yeah, it feels the, the same way. That's it's the like, way to get better. You yeah. suck a bunch and then you keep on sucking and yeah, yeah. Just keep doing it. Yeah. You, you, yeah. Uh, there's some good quotes on that, but I can't remember, but yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> that's the best way to stop sucking is to keep doing it. I, I look at my old videos and I'm like, what was I thinking? Yeah. But that was a good idea. So I'll take that little bit. I look at the pot, the old podcasts I've, I recorded and I'm like, what the hell was I thinking? But I'm like, ah, eh, it, it's getting me to where I wanted to be. And then you're thinking like, people really watched what I did, dude. Actually, I haven't even posted a single one because I keep looking back and going, oh man, like I'm s- starting to figure out how to do podcasting a lot better, and um, I've been figuring out like how to film better too. And so like now I'm looking at it like, oh, I don't want to release these old ones because like I straight up just didn't give up. <laughs> I like would walk in. I mean, like I had good equipment, but yeah. I would come in. I didn't have like a studio. I mean, I still don't really have a studio. I just have a freaking blank wall with some stuff on it. But uh, like I straight up would just bring my equipment to like a friend's house. They wouldn't have anywhere to put it. So we would like record on the floor. <laughs> and so it was ghetto as hell. But just like, oh, you know what? That brought me to where it was. And it's not like the conversation wasn't good. I think it was good. It's just mm-hmm. like. If you don't see any video, you're like, okay, this was cool. Maybe it was done in a, a real studio, yeah. but you see the footage and you're like, oh, he's sitting on the freaking carpet. <laughs> so, but um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, humble roots, I guess, is the best way to call it. Mm-hmm. And I guess you guys have your own, your own humble roots as well. Um, so, where do you see uh, yourself going next? I mean, like, you obviously have a vision of where stance is going, but like what other hobbies are you into? And like, 
how does that involve with like the rest of your life and like where do you see that t- taking you um i mean i see you have a league of legends like key chain <laughs> i you know i i, I love esports uh e-sports. i yep i love esports obviously league of legends is huge it's i love huge, yeah. um overwatch is huge uh-huh. you know it's a it's a big scene yeah um and there's actually a crossover between esports and uh like and movement arts too yeah big i mean it's i mean competitive I'm, scene i would think that there's like a lot of crossover in terms of like in many how, different things how people are reacting to each other or some motions hold on so esports um uh i don't know a lot about esports but it's like it's really intrigued me to to see where it is because it's kind of like i kind of look at it as like breaking in a way because like again when i started playing video games like uh, super smash brothers when i was like in middle school or whatever i was like oh cool we're just gonna go over to my friend's house mm-hmm. and just play or whatever and now it's like there's legitimate competitions for legitimate money it's like broadcast you know on the internet and, and stuff. it started around the same time it started around the same time so it's like the scenes are kind of growing and i think it's really it, it comes down to this digital age i think is it's it's allowing everything to get around to more people but it's just so cool to see all these new communities of, um, you know, competitive sports, competitive, whatever out there. And, and, uh, you know, something that I never would have thought would happen or I like, I just don't know anything about and seeing it. If you look at our stance produced live streams with the commentators and mm-hmm. the way they talk to people and stuff like that, it, it comes from esports. Oh yeah. I yeah. kid you not. It's, um, I look at league of legends. I look at street fighter live streams. I'm like, I want that setup. Oh. I want that setup. I like how they're engaging with the audience. I, uh, you know, then that and that's where totally our influences come. Interesting. You know, okay. they look like they have a somewhat similar budget to us. Let's get <laughs> let's do that. Interesting. You know, yeah. yeah. We bar. I I um I'm influenced by esports a lot. Um, and then you know I'm also interested in you know other things. Like you look at other influences of esports. How many dance emojis there are in esports now uh-huh. you know like Fortnite. everyone's a everyone's yeah. doing this Fortnite move Dude, right i i actually i have a theory that like the kids now that are learning to break you know that are young like elementary school age are gonna start doing Fortnite moves in as actual breaking moves i think that that's they already do happen. Yeah, they probably already do. They but. already do. I, I, I filmed a battle two years. I filmed a battle two years ago, and this guy just flipped up in the air and just landed on his side, and then did his little floss move or something. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, okay, That's it was funny. it was fun. It was fun to see. Yeah, but they already do, and you know, it's uh, if if it gets them hooked to the scene, then yeah, sure. Yeah. It's yeah. I think it's a good thing to see that stuff i mean there's a lot of like breaking purists and stuff that go like oh it's not it's decreasing the rawness of it but i think that those are just like old people that are (laughs) salty or whatever i think seeing well my perspective is that the if you think that that's going to degrade its rawness i think you weren't raw in the first place i think that you're 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 just you're trying to to, to crap on someone else's parade this this person sees something and now they're in t- invested into the scene i think that's a good thing and period really like i can't see a reason why that would be a bad thing that someone some new people are being introduced into the dance every every generation 
basically every decade or so there's there's always like dance related media out there or mm-hmm. dance related trends that uh that may seem cheesy at the beginning yeah but it gets young kids interested yeah, yeah you yeah. know i've seen there, there's stories of like really high competitive dancers that started with you got served oh yeah yeah and like that movie if you really saw it, man, that was super cheesy. It was a cheesy... Dude, but they started, and now Beat they are Street. at the top of their scene right now, and they are fucking raw. Yeah, yeah. Beat Street is the cheesiest movie ever. You know, that's a hot take, but battle me. <laughs> Beat Street is so cheesy. It's a dope movie, sure, but it's cheesy as hell. Breaking is Breaking and Breaking 2 Electric Boogaloo are also... <laughs> Two of the worst movies ever. <laughs> I mean, cheesy in terms of wor- worst uh, cheesy movies. Um, even Flashdance, dude. That was probably the first time Breaking was on like a big screen. That movie's cheesy as hell. But it was a catalyst and got people it's interested. It's a catalyst. Yup. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think it's, um, I think it's, it's great to see that. And I guess with the, with the oncoming Olympics in 2024 which is in paris i believe yeah um now you're gonna see it on another stage to a whole new audience i think we're gonna also see a huge influx of new b-boys as well there already is because olympics yeah and uh, from the the junior olympics right from the junior olympics like i traveling around the usa just the usa itself uh a lot of my friends as dance studios have had an influx of students that just want to learn yeah you know so many little kids are enrolling in their dance studios and it's great yeah i think it's great too and and that's just the usa you know japan is another monster yeah. russia is another monster china Damn. especially i mean you're just getting kids enrolling everywhere yeah and these little kids that. can fly and i'm yeah. just like dang you can fly i didn't even break when <laughs> you know what i mean like i didn't start breaking until i was maybe like 14 you got these 10 year olds that are like flying and stuff so i'm like dang dude what is breaking going to be like when they are my age? I'm 32. I mean, maybe their maybe their body's just going to be broken, but like I don't know. If they're 10 years old and can do like <laughs> twice as much as I can do, dang, dude, I don't know. I, I don't know what to say, but they're going to be crazy. <laughs> yes, yes. Um so I think that's exciting to see that. So I I guess once uh the Olympics rolls around in 2024, we're going to see some very high level stuff there and i get you know what i'm curious about actually with the olympics mm-hmm. and i don't know if you would be the person to know this since because you are like a it on the advisory board or whatever yeah. right and so um i'm curious like how they how they plan to actually do this is it like going to be battles as like we're used to in in the breaking community is there going to be more like a showcase kind of thing like uh like a show or something mm-hmm. uh, i know they're doing what like a one one-on-one kind of situation um and then i guess i'm curious about like how it's being judged and i don't know maybe you, maybe you have so the answer. catalyst of the olympics is uh wdsf world dance sport federation mm. um they're the main dance sport you know organizational group around the world and, and they like oversee all the dancing there so like salsa and correct okay. yeah yeah and um luckily they've organ they did the youth olympics two years ago yeah uh last year they did two other events uh the wdsf championship in china and then mm. you had the world urban games out in budapest so okay it's 
and you, there's already videos online of those events. Okay. We we in. covered a couple of them, and uh, it's it's just it's really just and they have a judging system. They have you know just like any normal dance event, you have like the judges that we're used to. You have the competitors that we're used to. Mm. Things like that. You have the DJs and the music that we're used to. Mm-hmm. So it really isn't any different. It really okay. isn't any different than other breaking events that we have seen. Okay. Uh, I guess the only uh, thing that only difference is that there's for me. I feel there's a lot of rounds. It's oh, a, okay. Like, oh my gosh! It was like you have a group stage, and then you have a top sixteen to eight, and Yo, the people, those dancers were tired. Oh, okay. <laughs> those dancers were tired. So were they doing like five round battles every time or something? Or it what? was like it was like two, three round battles every time, okay. starting from group stages. I actually missed that because when I first started breaking, that's how it was. It was like you would go a crap ton of rounds and your rounds wouldn't be like as long as they are now. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I, and battles were just longer. I don't know. And then now it's like, you see one round battles, which to me feels kind of weird. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It kind of works, I guess, with what we're doing now. But um, it's it still feels weird to me. But um, I don't know. That that I think that's cool that they're doing more rounds. But it definitely puts you to the test. I can imagine. You like, got to be an athlete. You, you got to have be, that stamina. Yeah, you got to be a gold medal athlete to get that gold medal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah, I guess. That comes with the territory. Yeah, but no, the organizationally, you're, the, all the stuff that you see is online already. Uh, Youth Olympics in 2022, going to be in Dakar, Senegal. Um, mm. That'll be another warm-up for the Olympics in 2024. Okay. But I think, yeah, having Paris be the forefront of this is going to be great. Yeah, because that's the first time adults will be a part of it, right? Yep, and it'll be, most likely it'll be, they haven't decided yet already, but it's most likely going to be one-on-ones. Okay. Just keep it simple. Eventually, yeah, yeah. I know I know we want to see crew battles, but for, uh, yeah. for the first time, I feel it's too much. We got to we just start with one on ones first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What What do you like more? Uh, as a side note, crew battles or one on one? Well, hell yeah, I love crew battles, dude. I've always loved crew battles. And another hot take is like I freaking love watching routines. And I know there's so Same. many like purist b boys that are like routines suck and stuff, but like. Um, I, I don't know. I've always loved routines. I, I'm, I'm my, the crew I used to be a part of is Flexible Flav. Um, oh, you guys had great routines. Yeah, dude. We like were kind of on the, I don't know, innovators, I guess, of the routine game. And so, like, uh, I don't know. I've always loved doing routines and stuff, and just watching new stuff coming. And so, like, uh, you know, I was in Flexible Flav until twenty twenty. No, it's twenty. 2007, I think, is when I stopped. 2008, maybe? 2009? I don't know. I don't remember. One of those dates. But, like, before then, it was, like, we were always making these routines. And, like, we would see another crew, like, starting to do the same thing. Once we stopped, or once I I, I got out of the crew, then you started seeing more crews like Jinjo and stuff coming out. At that point, I think Rivers and, and Gamblers we're already like huge on the routine game and so it's i don't know uh, a, a top 9 huge in the routine game so i don't know i miss that cuz you don't see it so much anymore i think everybody's got mad cuz all those crews are winning everything i love crew battles because like like saying it's like saying for example your crew you had um one of your crew members well associate crew member was dizzy right 
Oh mm-hmm. uh, yeah, he was he was not really flex flay, but he was like he would enter a lot of battles. Yeah. He understood the the flex flay battle yeah. mentality, which is like you're not going you you it's like there's a certain way to win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right? And whether it's through teamwork or whether it's it's not the hardest move, it's just how you do it. It yeah. And that's what and that's what made like crew battles so more much more intriguing. You have someone do like a crazy move and the other team will respond with something totally different. And you're yeah. like, hmm, okay. Well, I the routines, what I always liked about routines was that it was another element to control the battle. Yeah. Like with one on ones, your arsenal is kind of your limitation to controlling the battle like you see this guy attack you in a certain way you can do a lot of things um to 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 respond right but like with a routine you can almost like bulldoze them a little bit because they they throw something at you even if they threw a routine at you then you turn around and you and you can go all right here's this crazy trick boom here's another crazy trick here's this really cool uh, uh, choreography set and now boom flip over bam there's a dude and he's just gonna like do what a normal b-boy would do and like go off and respond to everything that you threw at him it's uh, it, it's just kind of like extra icing on the cake to, yep. to to say that you know we we're controlling this battle now you know and so uh that's why some of the greatest battles in in history i think have always been like crew battles where you see something like you'll see one crew really controlling it then all of a sudden boom it's like the tide totally shifts Mm -hmm. and i feel like a lot of b-boys maybe felt that um uh routines were like hacks in a way i guess to refer (laughs) to like esports like they're using hacks now because it's like it's so effective to like to draw another crew into your into your own into your uh strategy to win if they can't respond with routines well and usually crews can't it's like oh no i'm gonna lose now you know you got to throw some really crazy thing you got to have pocket take every freaking round after that to like really respond uh so it's like i don't know i, I definitely think they they felt like it was hacks but but you I, can you I, can tell bad routines you can yeah there's yeah, definitely you can bad, tell routines. bad routines you can beat bad routines with a good solo round yeah. for sure but it's hard to beat a really good routine with a solo. And I think that just goes to, to show you that, like, that's how powerful a good routine really is. Mm-hmm. And so I think to embrace it and say, okay, I'm going to use this as part of my strategy is, is, is something that um, I think the whole community was onto something when it was really sparking off. And then when there was this big surge and people like not liking it, I think uh, it kind of, killed it a little bit so but i'm i'm seeing it happen more so i'm I'm excited to see maybe like uh some crew battles in the future with maybe even in the olympics but yeah i I like watching crew battles this year uh you can this year you're gonna have five on five freestyle session okay so pseudo crew battle yeah Um, yeah. i my my personal favorite event to film is uh battle year okay i love watching battle year do do you like it because of the shows uh the shows are cool. I like seeing my favorite shows. Actually, are seeing countries that don't get a chance to be on stage. Oh yeah, like so you get to see the Senegal's. You get to see like Madagascar. You get to oh, see yeah, yeah, like yeah. countries that aren't normally on the stage. See it. Those are yeah. those are fun. And then I like to see, you know, sometimes I like to see the battles where you have a country that you didn't think of make it. You know, yeah, like yeah, last yeah. year. Last year, Venezuela came all. 
Uh-huh. You're like Venezuela. Yeah. You know, and two years ago it was like Thailand. Uh-huh. You know, like that those are fun. Yeah, whenever I see stuff like that, I'm like, dude, they got breaking over there. And I mean, like, th- that's kind of an ignorant thing to say, but it, uh especially because my brother Vinsanity, he's he teaches uh, he has all his YouTube videos and yeah. stuff, and he he always shows me like where his videos are being watched and a lot of them are like in these crazy third world countries I've never heard of, you know, and so but um then seeing them come to like the stage of battle of the year and you're like, oh, these guys are like really good too. That's yeah. crazy. So um I don't know. Uh uh what I guess what in battle I, I don't really I haven't really seen a lot of battle of the year recently. Um but do they still do those shows? The show yep. cases? Okay, because I always thought that that was such an interesting way to like weed out um, crews to your like top four. They probably do like top eight now. They do top like. six now. Six? Oh, how does that work? Uh, the first two crews um, get a buy. Oh, okay. Get a buy, and then you have four wild card. Interesting. So then, then the wild cards battle, battle each other. And then they link up with the first first place and second place crews tight okay that's that's crazy yeah that's an it's interesting good, though, way to do because it because yeah it like used that. to be just top four yeah yeah and you know they came all that way yeah and you, you it, want you want to see more battles yeah no there was a there's a story i think of like um because the u.s was banned for a long time for coming because i think one of the crews i'm not gonna say who it was but they came and apparently like destroyed like a hotel room because they didn't make it to the battles and thought that they should have and so then they were like you know u.s is banned and then I, I think it took like a good five years or something to let the u.s back in so um uh not that not that they should have done that or anything like that's definitely a bad way to act but um you know uh now you know ha- having more ability to make it into uh-huh. these top categories, I think is like nice. Cause dude, cause really like breaking has expanded so much. You're going to have so many people entering. I mean, on all these big competitions, I'm always seeing like 400 people entering or something. And it's like, geez, man, that's crazy. I'm used to like 10 people entering, 20 people entering or whatever, you know, it's just more and more interest, more and more people interested in, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. And, and, and you haven't even gone to China yet. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. got full days, 13 hours of prelims. Wow. That's, I mean, that's insane. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess. That's I another went, topic by itself. But. I went to IBE and um, they had a whole day of like uh, prelims, I remember. Um, and it took a long freaking time. It wasn't 13 hours, but I feel like it was like five or six hours or something like that which is like kind of insane it's like a jam in itself you know yeah, yeah <laughs> it's yeah. kind of like you got to win this jam out of like 50 people and you know they have like <laughs> a bunch of different groups of that you got to win that and then you're going against all these other people that won their group of 50 the next day or whatever yeah. uh that's that's insane um so but but it's an exciting time i think for breaking for sure um going back to the olympics i i had another uh, question about it because like so you're saying that olympics is you know for the most part as far as you can see it's very similar to the events that we um are used to but i'm also i'm curious about like the rules that they have in terms of like who can participate because i know there's like you know in others in other olympic sports there's a lot of 
stuff like doping in the event in the uh, drugs and stuff and like <coughs> I, I don't know not to put the the breaking scene under the bus but there's a lot of people that use drugs and so I'm like I feel like the Olympic committee would probably be like what are y'all doing <laughs> um you know what I I don't know it, I'm not really familiar with drug testing I don't know okay. much about it but I would assume there's some kind of uh requirement I mean luckily the Olympics start this year 2020 yeah. and uh similar sports such as skateboarding will be there for the first time is it really yep skateboarding oh. surfing so uh surfing too yep so oh, just dang. uh keep your eyes open that's see exciting what, see what happens yeah i mean you, you can't say that people that skateboard don't do drugs yeah Come on. i mean I it's, mean, it's prominent in i imagine every community and so, sport but yes yeah, uh snowboarding like snowboarding eight years ago for sure you know so uh, just keep your eyes open, see what happens, and yeah. basically, like skateboarding is great because you 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 take a look at what it's going to happen at the Olympics, yeah, and you're like, okay, similarly, that's that's what will happen to breaking in 2024 mm-hmm. in terms of you know media and yeah coverage yeah, yeah. and things like that. Yeah, I I guess I'm I'm a little bit scared because like I know that the breaking scene kind of needs to be on its best behavior a little bit when that comes around or else, you know, the Olympics could just be like, oh, these guys are too hard to work with. So, you know, I know that it, and the, the way, the reason I'm bringing this up is cause like, I know like the stuff that happened with like UDEF and how um, S- Steve Graham uh, decided to just kind of mm-hmm. cancel the whole thing really. Um, and that was really kind of a decision i mean it was a personal decision for him but a lot of it came from he was getting so much backlash from the Mm -hmm. community and stuff and it's just like i don't want to deal with this anymore yeah and unfortunately he you know had to just terminate the 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 whole set of events and and i guess really his business um Mm -hmm. so i i don't want that to happen when the olympics comes around um, because i think that that'll be just a huge punch to the face of the whole community because there's so many i would say like 95 percent of the community wants to see this wants to see the community grow wants to see more people involved want to mm-hmm. see uh f- fans want to see just i guess it in the olympics it, it's like a, an accomplishment to the scene to s- see that happen but then the small five percent of people that are like oh, i'm too raw for this could easily ruin it for everybody and so i i'm i and that's why i'm i'm I was asking the question about drug tests because it, it, you know, I want everybody to to have the right information going into it. If if they're thinking about competing in it, just be aware that mm-hmm. maybe that is going to be something that's involved with it. So, <laughs> if you're a drug addict, get clean, dude. Uh, not just for the Olympics, but for your own health. But, um, uh, so, but yeah, I think being the scene being on his best behavior, I think, will be the best way to really like prove that we are worth it um because i think showing showing the olympics not that we need to like prove anything but i do think that first impressions matter a lot and this is going to be one of the first impressions i mean i guess we saw it with the junior olympics but Mm -hmm. i imagine you know these kids you know they have their parents to like Stop acting up. Yeah, <laughs> but we're gonna have a lot of adults that I are feel. I feel we're too. pretty good on a big stage. I mean, yeah, I, mean, I think so too. You, you take a look at big stage events like BC ones. Every, yeah, everyone's on their best behavior. Yeah, but and you know every. I, I I've just heard a lot more chatter about the Olympics because there's just a lot of like 
people going, oh, it's run by, you know, whatever salsa dance, whatever. And like, I don't know what you're talking about, but, you know, it seems to me like it's going to be like any other event. Just, you know, now it's got the backing of a big organization and Mm -hmm. it's on a bigger, it's on a different stage, I guess. Yeah. Um, But it's, it's business as usual. I would imagine same kind of music, same kind of judges, same kind of thing, everything you would expect, just different audience, maybe, you know, or a mixture of the new audience and the existing audience. Mm -hmm. So, um, uh, I don't know. It's exciting and a little scary. I think, (laughs) I don't know. I might just be too being worried for no reason, but, um, uh, but like I said, just take a look at skateboarding this year yeah, and that'll be something similar. Yeah. Okay. I I guess skateboarding, um, has been on a large stage for such a long time. I mean, with the X games and Mm -hmm. stuff. So I think a lot of people, I mean, in a way skateboarding is probably 20 to 30 years ahead of, uh, the, in the pop culture aspect as breaking because mm-hmm. it's been on that stage since maybe like the nineties or like maybe mid eighties or something. Um, and at that point breaking was barely even new, you mm-hmm. know, a thing at that point. So, um, uh, but anyways, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm just rambling <laughs> about that, but <laughs> it, it's something that, that worries me a little bit about it. And I guess also judging because um i've always i've always had a thing about judging because it this is like an art form and in a way there's a lot of uh, opinion that is involved with a judge's decision of who wins and i've always been curious how that would play out on a larger stage or like you know when an organization such as the olympics is backing an event if they're coming in and going like okay well how do you guys judge this and they go, oh, um, you know, we point to the guy we thought we won. And then they go, oh, well, why? And then you go, give me, like, some quantitative curriculum. or uh, uh, Give me some, yeah, quantitative um, reason for why they mm-hmm. won. It's really hard to do that, I think. I mean, you can, we can say, okay, it's on a point system. We're giving you this amount of points for this type of move or this, you know, th- this particular category but i think when it starts breaking down like what you're judging on it kind of falls apart to where you're just going like i liked what that dude did over what that dude did (laughs) um so it 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 bothers me a little bit because i think if you know the olympics starts like really digging into what that is like what how they would react to that i don't i don't know if maybe there's other sports olympic sports that are judged in a similar way i mean figure I, skating figure skating i was thinking like I mean, because it's yeah, purely, purely numbers opinion based sometimes yeah I, I know but with with figure skating a lot of times is they say okay here's our routine that we're doing um and then we have these big moves at this point this point this point so they know what to watch for and then ultimately they're grading them on how they land that those moves um and so they have a point system on that, and then they'll give them another score on like their creative re- creativity and like all the dancing and stuff that was involved with that. I think that comes into that score. So there's like a small part of it that's on that mm-hmm. kind of subjective scale, um, and I guess that works. I, I guess it's also kind of with floor routines for for Olymp- uh, 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 Olympic gymnasts, it's kind of the same thing. But I was trying to see how that relates to breaking. 
And it was hard for me to figure that out because it's not like you're going up to these judges and saying, hey, I'm going to hit air flare, <laughs> flare, windmill 90. And they're like, okay, I will watch for that. You do it, dude. And then you're going to get a creative score for like whatever other thing you're going to do. But um, I mean, a lot of it is how you're responding to somebody, right? And uh, in a way, I think it's more like combat sports because you do something to me mm -hmm. and I'm going to react to it in a way. Right. And then I do something to you and you're going to react to it away. So to me, it's, it seems like some kind of merge between those two things. And I just don't I don't know. I, judging has always been kind of like on my mind about how, uh, you know, because I think that's probably one of the other hinge points in making taking breaking from where it is now to mm -hmm. the like, you know, NBA level sport or something, MMA level sport. Um, uh I think the way we've always judged jams and events now has always worked and we haven't really questioned it too much, but I think when it moves into, you know, a bigger space where there's like actual casual audience, they're going to go like, how do I know, how, how do I judge this myself? You know what I mean? And like with, you know, like UFC fighting, casual fans do understand that, you know, because there's, there's, uh, a lot of just criteria that is spelled out on how to make that, you know, how to, how to, how to, uh, uh, I guess get your win. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and breaking, I don't think there is that like, cause I just imagine if I showed a battle to my mom who knows barely anything about breaking. I mean, she knows something, but she, I don't think she could judge a battle. But if I said who wins and it was like close, I don't know if she could probably mm -hmm. figure that out. You know, because there's not really a quantitative way to do that. Um, and also, I think there's an argument to be made that it, there doesn't need to be a quantitative way because this is, again, an art form. And I do think that when a judge says, I like that's what this guy did in his round more than that. I think that's actually a legitimate way of judging because, again, it's like judging a painting, two paintings that are completely different from each other. You might be like, I like the brushstrokes in that. And that shit looks like crap to me, you know. Um, that's why I like that one more. Mm -hmm. And then someone else could be like, oh, I like, you know, the colors in this and not that one. Um, and that's a legitimate point of view, too. So uh, I don't know. The, the the merger between those, I think, is, is something that's always been in my mind of, mm -hmm. like, where breaking is going to be. And I don't know if there ever will be a solution to that. And I, I, I don't imagine you, you have a solution to it either, but, like, <laughs> Uh, judging is so complex. It's very complex. I'm just happy I'm just doing video. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And there's everyone's has a different judging format and a judging system. Definitely, yeah. So, so yeah, I, I just figured that maybe the Olympics was going to be more of like a, a kind of strict on like what they're doing. Well, I mean, they use the system that originated from Renegade and Storm. and Oh, okay. So, I mean, like I said, look at the Youth Olympics. Okay. That judging system will be... I don't and, know if and, I'm familiar and, with that. And they're one. still in play. It, there's a lot of it's a lot of numbers. It's a slider based system. Oh, I'll have to look into that. Yeah. Um, you said that was from Renegade and Storm. Renegade Storm. Um, there's a couple other people that involved with. I would say Neek from Ruggeds. Okay. Would be helping out. Um, but if you look in the Youth Olympics, if you look at the WDSF championship from last year in China, um, they all use it. So. It's still, I mean, I would assume by in within four years or so, by mm. 2024, they would have a 
more firm. More firm, more Yeah, defined. and there's a big handbook to it, too. A big handbook? Oh, yes. Okay. Everyone has to be briefed. How on do you get a handbook? I kind of want to read it. It is online, actually. Okay. Yeah. I'll have to look that up. <laughs> Let me write that down. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll have to look into that. Yeah, because that, that's that's something that I've been, like, really uh, talking to so many people about. And it's it's kind of something that, you know, we all are kind yeah. of, like, stuck on. <laughs> and I imagine everybody's stuck on it. But, like, at least seeing, you know, where we're at now mm-hmm. and maybe building on that. Because I know Dizzy has his system, yep. which I think is a good start. My, my issue with his system was always that, like, um, uh, and for people who don't know, it's, there's like five categories and you have one judge for each of those categories. Uh-huh. I think that's like a pretty good start. Um, ex- my problem was always that you kind of have this one, you know, monarch of that particular thing, that particular uh, uh, category. But ultimately I think every, all five of those judges probably have, something good to say about that category so i i imagine maybe that's how storm and um and uh renegade system mm-hmm. maybe factors more into like every judge is maybe judging on each of those categories right okay um yeah because i think that that would probably be a little bit fairer way of doing it or at least like more of a ma- uh, majority majority rule type mm-hmm. of way of doing it um this this I had this one idea a long time ago and it was to just have like 20 judges. <laughs> uh, and hear me, hear me out. Cause I know it sounds crazy. How do you afford 20 judges? I don't know. You can't afford it. I don't know. <laughs> Let them, I don't know. Yeah. But, uh, cause breaking kind of started as like, you know, a combat between two dancers in a circle with a crowd and, usually you were trying to like burn the other guy in front of this crowd to, you know, get a response from the crowd. So in a way the crowd is already the judge from the very beginning of what breaking was. So it kind of makes sense a lot in now that we're in this more, you know, well-defined competitive world that maybe it makes sense to just have a crowd of judges, right? (laughs) 20 people standing around the circle or whatever. And they are judging as if they were a crowd member. Um, but instead of it just being like your mom and, you know, your grandma or whatever to, around in the circle, it's like Storm and, you know, Renegade or whoever, all these other, you know, well-versed um, uh, dancers um, and people who've been in the scene for a long time, um, knowledgeable people in that crowd. So I don't know. That was just a weird idea I was throwing out. And then kind of like you're just saying, okay, well, the majority of these people said this guy won. Okay, maybe that's mm-hmm. the way to do it. Then, you know, it at least, it at least like gets rid of the argument a little bit where they go, oh yeah, this was only three panel judge and those two judges don't like me or something, you know? I don't know. That, that's always bothered me when people say that. It's like, eh, I think you're just complaining. <laughs> but, um, well, anyways, I think, We've been going for about an hour. Um, I want to probably close the show out. Mm-hmm. Um, so in closing, like, do you have any other hobbies outside of um, hip hop? And, you know, uh, how does that like kind of go into your life? And 
you know. Um, <laughs> I mean, like, like, like I said already, um, I love esports. You love esports, yeah. I, uh, I, I, a lot of my hobbies, I draw in. I, I, you, you can, I draw, you know, insight into what I do. Mm-hmm. So I take a little bit of what I see in esports and throw into stance coverages. Mm. Um, I travel a lot. Travel a lot. I make a lot of travel videos. You know, apart from working, you know, with stance and stuff like that, I do freelance travel videos mm-hmm. um i work with hotels i work with travel companies tourism bureaus yeah, yeah, yeah. and we create you know commercials and okay. stuff like that yeah and so a lot of times for example i just got back from mexico okay and uh i was there to cover an event for a week and then i stayed an extra week just to travel around and film travel videos okay that's that's awesome so you know things like that i uh i draw interest in yeah yeah i, I heard you're also filming um uh ace's wedding Yes, I I um I do the occasional wedding. Yeah. Uh, when I first moved here to LA, I um, I filmed a lot of weddings, and so, um, yes, I I do weddings, and I actually learned how to do weddings from uh, a b boy from the Bay by the name of Natron. Oh yeah, Natron. Yeah, Natron he, does a lot of weddings. Yeah, he had a he's got he a, a whole business company. with um a couple other guys from Head his Hunts. cousin Jardy. Is that or is yeah. that his brother? Jardy, I don't. I think it's his cousin, but when I started filming weddings for the first time, I, I went to I, I messaged Natron. It's like, hey, <laughs> show me one of your wedding videos, and I'm gonna copy this exactly because I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> Dude, his, he his was like, go wedding, for it. <laughs> his wedding videos are really dope. His wedding videos are good, and and you know what? In terms, filming weddings have helped me film breaking events too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it made me understand like when to anticipate moments. Oh yeah, certain important moments, whether they're doing something or they're talking something oh yeah or something is about to happen like you can you can anticipate it yeah you, you it's like you got you gotta read the whole room and know like what's about to happen correct and be you gotta be in the spot where you're like i guess you're invisible in the sense that you're not ruining the moment but you're also in the best spot to capture it yes yeah i imagine there's a there's an art form to perfect. that. perfect exactly you said it just right yeah so it, it has helped me so just filming so many types of variety of things help me in filming, you know, stance. Yeah. Well, tight, dude. Yeah. Um, well, great. I think that was that was dope. I, I, I think that was a uh, learned a lot from from you and like what you're all about. Um, <laughs> Thank so I you. think that's been Thank great. Um, do you have any last minute shout outs uh, while I close this show out? Uh, thank you, Kurt, for having me on. Yeah. So. Yeah, thank you for coming, dude. Uh, yes. I really appreciate it. Um, uh, yeah, I'm trying to get this podcast out um, very soon. So um, I'll let you know when I do that. But, yes. Um, and then, uh, you know, it'd be it'd be great to have you on again. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm trying to maybe figure out a way to get, like, multiple people in a podcast. Um, yeah, we have so many. Um, I mean, more than, more than happy to cover on a variety of topics. Yeah. I yeah. know. Um, I know. I know. Later in April, I'm going to an event in Toronto, and I'm mm. giving. I'm giving a little mini workshop there on oh, uh, on uh, social media. You okay. know, yeah, uh, no. basically like <laughs> how to get views, how to what are what's what's exactly the algorithm, right? Or how you, you know, quote unquote, things like that. You uh, know, like the promoter Jeff, he's a good friend of mine. He's like Dan. I want you to give you a talk and have people have an insight on how to create a brand and how to do this. I was I like, need, all right, let's do it. I need to 
go to that. I need to, because I don't know crap about social media. Like, I actually just freaking don't use social media really. Yeah. So, like, now that I'm starting this podcast, I'm like, oh, I guess I got to learn how to do that. My brother's pretty good at it. Yeah. So, I can learn some stuff from him, but I could definitely use the help on that. So, yes. maybe I'll be hitting you up. Well, thank you uh, for, for joining me today. And thank you guys for listening. Sorry this show <laughs> sucks. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs>